regret. I've always said that I don't have any regrets. That's the language that I like to use because I've believed that instead of regretting poor decisions in my life or indecisions, I need to just look at them as learnings. Yes, I've made some freaking stupid decisions with my health and investments years ago. Yes, I've taken dumb risks in life like jumping from a 35-meter high cliff into the ocean in Croatia and other dumb, drunken choices over the years. Some of these choices have been easy to dismiss with the, nah, I don't regret those choices, but I'll never do them again. I've learned from them. But then some of them, ones that I won't go into a lot of detail about, I've often caught myself questioning, hmm, maybe I do regret that choice. Yes, I learned from it and grew from it, but I honestly think I might have made an element of regret for those ones. And then recently I learned a bit more about what regrets really mean and and how they play out in our inner worlds, in our minds and our emotions, and therefore how they play out in our behaviors if we don't unpack them wisely. Why I believe it's important to unpack emotions like this and judgment and comparison like I've done on other short episodes is because I believe the stronger our emotional literacy and our emotional intelligence, so the better understanding we have of our emotional selves, the more we can enjoy life because we can be brutally honest with which emotions are holding us back and why and then what we can do about it to move forward and grow stronger instead of wallowing and being held back. And I say that from a place of experience too, and as an observer. When my grandparents were murdered and I sat in the resentful hatred emotions, I was useless to everyone, including myself. After a healthy grieving process and seeking the professional support from psychologists that I did, creating my mindset shifts and diving headfirst into well, my new vision of my reality and doing so much deep work on my emotions, that's when I became the optimistic lover of life again and, well, a leader and impactor again instead of being stuck in the victim mentality and holding myself back and holding holding back anyone around me, being that useless version of myself. Do I regret being stuck there for that short period of time? Nope, of course not. That's an easy one to weigh up, especially now I understand regret even deeper. I mentioned the book a couple of episodes ago that I discovered called Emotional Equations, Simple Formulas to Help Your Life Work Better. It was written by Chip Connolly. In that episode, uh, it was episode number 132, I was discussing the blessings and curses of expectations and the relationship to disappointment. So remember that one I was talking about when I had expectations for what I would get done around Ollie and I didn't get it done and how we should drop expectations. <laughs> anyway, so it was about around the blessings and curses of expectations and the relationships to disappointment. The emotional equation for that was disappointment equals expectations minus reality. So the emotional equation, emotional equation that we're looking at for regret is regret equals disappointment plus responsibility. And the author, Chip, spoke about regret and disappointment being very similar. However, regret has a higher charge because it relates to choices you have made that relates to unsatisfying outcomes. 
your responsibility in causing a problem, loss, or tragedy. Whereas feeling disappointed means you didn't get what you wanted. So there's less emotional emotional charge with disappointment as opposed to regret. Let's now look at how he unpacks regret. So remember the, the equation is regret equals disappointment plus responsibility. So Chip says, Regret is the wistful, yearning, older sister of disappointment. It's a more mature emotion, suggesting that dissatisfaction with the result may be due to unfortunate personal choices. Taken to the extreme, regret is responsibility with a magnifying glass, a painful indulgence that we choose because we're so used to blaming ourselves. Anyone with a sense of responsibility can feel regret, which can be sharp, bittersweet or deeply haunting, a cloud that hovers over you for years. When you regret your actions more than your choices, regret becomes remorse. Let me just say that. When you regret your actions more than your choices, regret becomes remorse. So we can have choices that we make, but we don't take action on it. When your regrets become your actions, sorry, when you regret your actions more than your choices, regret becomes remorse. And then this little equation, remorse equals regret plus guilt. So he says, remorse may sting more than regret, but regret has it over disappointment because if you woulda, shoulda, coulda taken a different path, you wouldn't be feeling this sorrow emotion now. If only These two words have been called the two saddest words in the English language and they succinctly summarize the mental anguish that comes with regret. There's a lot going on with this emotion, but regret isn't wholly negative. It can be a call to action to correct our mistakes and learn from them, which assists us in the future. Regret doesn't just result from the actions we take. It also comes from those actions we wish we had taken. Regret is different from many other emotions because it lacks immediacy and it tends to come from reflection or after insight that comes with time. So he calls regret a first world emotion, not because it doesn't exist as much in the developing world, although there are surveys that show this, but because it's a function of the modern world's plentitude of choices. The more choices we have, the more possibility we have for regret. He then references a study by Sheena Langer, the author of a book called The Art of Choosing. So Sheena developed an experiment in which she set up two jam tasting kiosks in an upscale supermarket. One offered samples of 24 different flavors and another one offered just six different flavors. The kiosks with 24 flavors tempted nearly 60% of the shoppers that were passing by while the kiosk with only a few choices attracted only 40% of the shoppers. But only 3% of the people who had the choice to sample 24 varieties, only 3% of them actually purchased the jam, while 30% of those who sampled one of the six varieties, they bought some. Having lots of choice can be a pleasant distraction But too much choice leads to a certain level of paralysis and in some cases, I would say in many cases, it leads to stress. So ask yourself this, do you find yourself stressing out with so many choices in your life? Can you reduce 
the number of jams you have to taste in order to simplify your choices. He says choosing jam is mundane, but the fact is that any choice contains the potential for regret since it's hard to shift the blame for a decision that you've made. Choice can be both a blessing and a curse. It can increase the burden of gathering information, increase the likelihood that you'll make no decision due to analysis paralysis, increase the expectation of how good the chosen option should be, and most relevant to this emotional equation, increase the likelihood that you'll feel regret and a sense of blame when you make the so-called wrong choice. (laughs) I like to use the saying that I've heard from Tim Ferriss, if it's not a fuck yeah, it's a no. That's a great way to make a big decision. (laughs) And if you're a long time listener to the podcast, you know that I believe and teach by the philosophy that your everyday choices that that you need to make will be made much easier when you align with your values and do the deep work on shifting your unhelpful belief systems. So back to the book, Chip then goes on to say, regret comes in all shapes and sizes and in The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz, he outlined two kinds of regret, anticipated regret and post decision regret. We're more familiar with the latter when we're sorry for a choice we made. But anticipated regret can be worse as it lasts longer and you start ruminating on it earlier. Schwartz suggested that both types of regret, anticipated and both decision, will raise the emotional stakes of decisions. Anticipated regret will make decisions harder to make and post-decision regrets make them harder to enjoy. (laughs) I think the new age terminology for this is FOMO, fear of missing out. I personally barely get FOMO, but I do get food envy, which is obviously post-decision regret, food envy when someone else orders something and I wish I got that and I get a bit of envy for it in a a fun way. Actually, I just realized I definitely get anticipated regret before ordering food sometimes because I guess I get FOMO for the food that I don't order. (laughs) that's why Marie and I work so well because we'll always order two different dishes to share uh, and hopefully we don't get FOMO still. We're definitely foodies. Anyway, Chip then continues saying, most of us have a two to one predilection toward loss aversion. So this gets more interesting when you anticipate regret and try to protect yourself from it. If given the choice between a guaranteed $100 now or the potential of $200 based upon choosing the correct outcome of a coin flip, most people will take the $100 as there's less risk of regret. But if you choose the $100 and are forced to flip the coin anyway and see the results, a different emotional phenomenon occurs. We've introduced the potential for much more post-decision regret And studies show that if a situation is set up this way, we are more likely to actually take the risk. Mark Twain was a famous writer and publisher who certainly knew something about human nature when he wrote, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones that you did do. So throw off the bowlines, sail away from the safe harbour, Catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover. Chip goes on to say, a series of surveys explored the premise that 
Time is an important variable in this equation of regret. Researchers asked a random sampling of people, when you look back on your experiences in life and think of those things that you regret, what would you say that you regret more? Those things that you did but wish you hadn't or those things that you didn't do but wish you had? The results found that regrettable failures to act outnumbered the regrettable actions by a two-to-one margin and that this was true for both sexes, males and females. Most surprisingly, older people had only slightly more regret than younger folks about what they hadn't done. The clearest regret is, as Twain suggested, that we wished we had lived less timidly. So my take on on this little bit, I actually find this really interesting. I've I've heard about a book where the author worked in respite care, so working with people that were on their deathbeds for over a decade, and she wrote about the most common things people spoke about on their deathbed. And guess what the most common phrase was that she heard? I wish. Most of them, almost all of them said, I wish. And what topped the following sentence from I wish was, I wish I lived more and spent more quality time with my family. So that goes into alignment with what Chips brought into this book, that most people wish they had done more. So they regret the decisions that they didn't make. But then they also wish they had spent more quality time with their family. So are they regretting what they didn't do by spending quality time with their family or are they regretting the choices that they did that took them away from their family? It's probably more in line with what they didn't do. As Chip suggests in the book, think of your own life. What are two or three failures to act that you wish you could do over? Is it too late to do anything about them? Or can you take the steps to act now so that this regret doesn't linger any longer? The researchers went on to summarize that the story of regrettable actions tends to close. You do something, you feel regret for some period, then you move on. The story of a failure to act, however, it's open. It carries a big cloud of if only. Or like the book that I was referring to, I wish. It's unfixable and probably leads to more mental hypotheses about how the outcome would have been different if you'd just done something different. So, as Mark Twain suggested, seizing the moment is the antidote to the fact that we are so heavily influenced by the immediate sting of regrettable action that we favour inaction over action. So we'd rather not act as opposed to act without calculating the long-term toll of this choice. For me personally, I feel like Chip has actually missed an important aspect here. This all comes down to your capacity to deal with your mindset of regret. Yes, it stirs the emotions, but if you have a tool belt to work through your triggers, unpack your mind and do the work on the deep emotional blocks, regret to act on something shouldn't remain as an emotional blockage although it does for most people so that's that's what i think chip is referring to but it shouldn't so if you have so much regret for action i would really question you know actually i wouldn't even question i would say that i believe that if you do the work around that that it won't become a regret anymore 
that's like me regretting that I have never stuck with my rugby league when I had the offers from NRL clubs as a junior and instead went to the Australian Institute of Sport as a sprinter, but essentially failed in my goals to represent Australia at a Commonwealth Games as a sprinter. But I have zero regret for that. Every single inaction led to another action that has led me to where I am on my grateful and optimistic journey right now. So, a little bit more working through the equation. Regret equals disappointment plus responsibility. Examine, so this is what Chip says, examine your sense of responsibility. The equation is very clear. What distinguishes disappointment from regret is your sense of responsibility in the matter. But, as Chip says, he's found that feelings of regret are not necessarily logical. He's felt sharp stabs of regret even when a milder disappointment would have been more appropriate to the situation. He says, maybe I exaggerated my sense of control or responsibility in those instances or I tended to think of myself as a perfectionist who wasn't allowed to make mistakes. In any case, if a specific regret keeps eating at you and it feels a little misplaced, This is what Chip says, talk it over with a friend or a colleague who has some understanding of the situation and your responsibility in it in order to get an objective reading on whether you're over-identifying with the responsibility part of the equation. Deem short-term pain to be less significant than long-term angst. That's easier said than done. But Chip has two simple equations that you should ask yourself when determining whether to do something or not. He says, is it repeatable? Can it be repaired? If it's not repeatable, beware of saying no. If it can't be repaired, so if something goes wrong, beware of saying yes. He also suggests to stick Mark Twain's quote on your bathroom mirror, which is turn regret into a lesson. The deeper the regret, the more you'll learn from it. And he says you can ritualize regret in such a way that you'll see it as a bolstering experience in your life. First, use the experience as a wisdom builder. For how you make decisions in the future. Second, if you're open to it, share your story. Teaching others about your regret and your lessons can be truly healing experience. And Chip says that's why he writes books. He writes books, and I guess that's part of the reason why I do this podcast actually to to teach others about it and share that. And then he says, third, if amends are to be made with other people, don't hesitate just because you're in a raw place. If your regret relates to others who may have been disappointed by your choice, be open to expressing how you feel. In some situations, this can be cathartic for them as it shows how important it was to you. Regret can be a temporary emotion that means you just haven't found the meaning of the experience yet. And Chip finishes the chapter by saying, what about a person who says he has lived a life with no regrets? There are three likely expectations. Either he is living an unexamined life and says he has no regrets because it makes him feel and look confident, or he has a low baseline of expectations, or an inability to reframe reality such that he never has disappointments, or as the equation suggests, he doesn't take the responsibility for anything. (laughs) Now for me, before reading this book, and understanding regret that little bit better, I feel like I might have had a mix of the first two. I've possibly been saying I have no regrets to make me feel confident in my life choices. Or I had an ability to reframe reality such that I don't have disappointments. 
But even that's not true because I definitely have disappointments. But now understanding from what Chip said that disappointments have a different emotional charge. So all that kind of makes sense. So here's what I now believe. I have had regrets in my life. Not the failures to act regrets though, but more regrets of some of the actions that I have taken. I have had these regrets, but I haven't let this emotion hinder me or hold me back or become a cascade of unhelpful and negative mindsets and life experiences. I guess before I had really done any proper personal development and deep deep personal development work and emotional intelligent work, I guess it was my optimism that allowed me to shift the experience and emotion of regret into a mindset of abundance and a meaningful learning experience. It's a bit like failure, right? When you change your relationship of failure and you run headfirst at the prospect of failure and take big risks because you know you'll learn from all the experiences. So how do you feel about regret? Is it an emotion that's hindering you, holding you back, and triggering resentment, guilt, or remorse? Or are you aligning with Mark Twain's quote and my belief that our regrets are great life lessons? (music) 